Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 120 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and round one of the AFLW comp was filled with excitement, debutantes, and unfortunately, injuries. We're going to talk about all of this during the upcoming episode, and I do hope you enjoy it. Round one, I have to say, I I watched all seven games over the weekend, and uh, I plan on hitting the repeat this weekend and doing the same thing. Hopefully, all seven games get played. Uh, that is, you know, if the Cats and Dogs uh, game ends up going on as scheduled, it sounds like that the uh, Bulldogs are decimated by people being involved in the COVID protocols, and they're not sure if they're going to end up having enough athletes and enough support staff to actually play the game. So they may end up pushing this one back a little bit. And as I was saying, according to the article that I read from Channel 7, uh, this may get pushed back possibly later in the week or possibly rescheduled at another time. Or worst case scenario, as it said, it might get canceled completely, which hopefully that's not the case because, you know, the Bulldogs are going to be, you know, fighting for a spot in the finals. And if they get a game canceled, they're already sitting at zero points after the first round, not having gotten by the D's. Now, today's club of the episode is the Waverly Blues Football Club. And this club was formed way back in 1925 as the Mount Waverly Football Club. And in 1994, they merged with the Burwood Football Club. And then in 98, the Mount Waverly Burwood Club merged with the Waverly Club to form the club that is in existence today. And in 2016, they fielded the first women's club that they had. They're 16 and under, or excuse me, their under 16 team. And they currently have clubs in both men's and women's from Auskick all the way up to under 19s and seniors. And they play their games at the Mount Waverly Reserve. And here's hoping that yet another Victorian club is able to get games in this year and that COVID finally, for lack of better terminology, leaves us the hell alone. I know that might be wishful thinking. But again, the opening round, like I said, it was wonderful to have footy back. But unfortunately, we got several gut punches uh, for different clubs that left with some devastating injuries. And the game is certainly going to carry on. But, you know, losing Brisbane star Kate Lutkins and the Bulldogs' Isabel Huntington to her third ACL injury at the age of 22. I thought she was a little bit older than that, but I, I cannot imagine the the dedication to the game that, that she has had to get herself in the position to where she was able to play last week after having gone through ACL injuries on both knees and now having a repeat performance on one of them. And and, and I wish her the absolute best of, of health going forward that she's able to get back. And if she's able to compete, that's fantastic. But the game is a better place with her in it. So hopefully she's able to, uh, to get back out there. And of course, you know, you had the, uh, 2021 AFLPA Most Valuable Player Brianna Davy going down in a with an injury late in the Magpies win over Carlton, and it's a real tough pill to swallow for that club. But I have to tell you, I, I ran across an article in uh, not an article, but a photograph on Instagram a couple of days ago, and there's Brianna Davy. I saw her one 
on crutches and then a few moments later having set the crutches aside with a brace on her right knee, handballing with some of her teammates a day after she suffered this devastating injury. So I'm fairly sure she's going to be undergoing surgery here very soon to uh, get her going on her rehab. But, you know, I can't help but think that this injury and her inspiring actions of getting back out there with her with her teammates I think that's going to help to to charge up the magpies going forward here I think it's going to really benefit them now again they're going to have to replace the most valuable player in the game but if they can do that I, I think her actions are really going to help to spark something with the magpies this year so I think that works out as well as possible for them in this situation. Of course, all three of these injuries were non-contact. Nobody got their knee rolled up on or anything of that nature, like it sometimes will happen in the NFL, uh, because you know the, the AFL and the AFLW do a, a tremendous job of trying to limit below-the-knee contact as much as they possibly can to try to prevent that sort of thing from happening. But, you know, it is... Uh, it's looking as though these are going to all be season en- ending with, you know, the season only lasting 10 weeks plus a couple of rounds of playoffs. So we won't be seeing any of these three young ladies back on the ground until next year at the earliest. Now, looking back at my tips for round one, I went six and one. I missed on the Adelaide and Brisbane matchup. So good on you, Crows. You got me on that one. You guys played, ladies, you played one heck of a game. And Brisbane, you took one on the chin, but let's see if you can turn it around this week uh, in your matchup when we get into my uh, tips a little bit later on the episode. But just a a, a fun round of footy. And I think if you're a fan of any of the 14 clubs, you might be able to find a positive for each club. Now, you may have to look a little harder. You know, the Saints had a decent first quarter, but then they got steamrolled, which we're going to talk about here in a moment. Um, the Blues struggled against the D's. The Lions, they got run over. And, and again, you know, the Crows didn't you know, light up the scoreboard, but they, they choked off the Lions attack and did not give the Lions very many opportunities at all to, to score the ball. So, you know, looking at that Tigers and Saints game, you know, the Tigers, they exploded in the second half, you know, outpacing the Saints six goals, six goals to one goal, too. And this was with the Saints even having, you know, five more free kicks than the Tigers during the course of the game. The Tigers ended up having four players kicking multiple goals, including the the terrific Katie Brennan. And if you look at the stats, they were almost totally matched up with one another. But the, the Tigers kicked the footy with much, much more accuracy than the Saints were able to do. So the Saints didn't necessarily play a bad game, but the Tigers put the ball where it needed to go. And you know, I watched that one in my classroom last Friday morning once I got to school. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I did not watch it. I actually did get to watch that one at home because normally I would watch the games at at school in my classroom before the start of the day if it's a, uh, a Friday evening game. But we had a delay at school because we had some icy conditions and they were still trying to get the parking lots clear. So I was able to stay home for a couple of extra hours. And I did watch that game here at home. Now, the... Uh, the second game of the weekend, the Ruse and the Cats. And again, full disclosure, I am a Cat supporter. And last year, the Ruse, as we say here in the United States, when something bad bad happens or you get beat up, you got taken out behind the woodshed. 
Well, the Cats got taken behind the woodshed last year and got beat by 62 points. And if you listen to episode 119, my previous episode, I tipped the Ruse to play in the grand final this year. Now, they've got some work to do before that's going to happen based upon this game. They, they scrapped and clawed and fought, you know, and only won this game by eight points. You know, the Cats, you know, I was pretty damned excited by what I saw. You know, this is uh, much of it was a new side. We got a lot of new players in there. Um, some players that are gone now. You know, the Cats, you could argue, were the more aggressive club. They have a, they had 17 more tackles in the ruse. Amy McDonald paced him with 14 tackles. Georgie Perspakis was as advertised, was a successful debut. She had 20 disposals. She had six tackles. Ashley Rydell, she paced the ruse. She had 35 disposals and six tackles, an outstanding game on her part. Jenna Bruton chipped in with 24 disposals. And the Ruse, they did enough to win, but you know, the cat, you know, the, and they did it without Emma, Emma Kearney, their captain. And the Ruse, I, I would say, and I think most cat supporters would probably agree with me and say that the, uh, the Ruse are currently the better club. But I think that those cat supporters would also say that the Ruse, uh, excuse me, that the cats actually did impress by how hard they played. They got the ball out of the defensive 50 which and into the forward 50, which is something that they struggled mightily to do last year. And if they can do that on a consistent basis, they might actually win a few more games than maybe some people think they're going to have a chance to. So, if they again, if they play with that kind of zeal throughout the season, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun watching this Cats team grow up and mature and become a more competitive side going into 2023. Now, if we look at the, uh, the the D's game with the Bulldogs, the D's just kept peppering the goalposts. They they had 16 scoring chances, um, more than doubling up the Bulldogs. You know, and I, I think you could argue that the Bulldogs were, were maybe a little bit uh, gun-shy after having seen uh, Izzy Huntington exit the game so early to what we now know is a very, very serious knee injury. And hopefully he comes back here earlier early um and again it's not going to be this year but hopefully she comes back healthy now the d's had a really balanced effort they had 12 of their 21 players on the on the list for the game have at least 10 disposals and kate Hoare kicked two goals you know another you know dynamic goal scorer for that club now i expect the bulldogs to bounce back but we're going to talk about that and we have kind of addressed it a little bit with the uh the the COVID issues this is still a very solid club they're just going to have to fill that hole that's now there with Izzy Huntington out of the lineup. And I, I, I honestly believe that somebody involved with the, the Dockers AFLW squad listened to my preview episode last week, and they took great offense to it. It offended them uh, because I said that I didn't think they were going to make finals this year. Maybe I, maybe I was, uh, I don't know, last year I tipped the men's club to finish eighth. And they just kept stumbling over themselves and didn't quite get there. So maybe this was me being, uh, you know, once bitten, twice shy. But I'll tell you what, they might have looked better than any other club that played this weekend. Save maybe the Crows, because the Crows, you know, did such a phenomenal job against the uh, the defending premiers. You know, Frio almost tripled up the Eagles after that, you know, because they, they tweaked the fixture. They had to move things around because of some of the COVID restrictions in the different states. Uh, so they, you know, they got this game scheduled a little bit late. You know, Ebony Antonio had a fantastic game with three goals, one Kiera Bowers. Yeah. She picked right up where she left off last year, 24 disposals, 14 tackles. 
and and I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm probably going to talk about it all year. And hopefully, those of you who are listening to the podcast who maybe haven't given the AFLW a chance yet, you owe it to yourself to watch the Dockers because this young lady is an absolute star. She is so much fun to watch. Uh, like I said. Here in the U.S., we had a TV network for a long time that called their programming. They said it was must-see TV, that you have to watch what they've got on because it's that good. Well, Kira Bowers is that way. Okay, she is that way. She is so much fun to watch. Now, Emma Swanson, she paced the Eagles with 23 disposals and six tackles. Now, you know, if you're someone who you know still has their heels dug in and you're not watching, like I said, tune in to watch Kira Bowers. And, you might, and I think she's exhibit one as to why... Yeah, I, I think this is a great game, and like I said, she's Exhibit 1. I would pre- present that to the footy jury who is in doubt as to whether or not the women's comp is worth watching. Is it on par with the men's comp? Of course not yet. But doggone it, they're getting better every season that comes along, and they're getting better week to week. And they're working their tails off, and I and I reached out to somebody who I, I thought wrote a rather provocative article rather interesting article uh, about the women's game, and I've reached out to them to try to set up a uh, an interview opportunity with them be- because of all the things that the women have to do in order to play this game, the sacrifices that they have to make. And I'm, I'm looking forward to sitting down with her to discuss that. But, you know, if you're a purist, open your mind a little bit and, and give them a look. Yeah, yeah, I know that cricket's on, and that may be, you know, in your mind in the summertime, but... The footy's fun. It's a lot of fun. Now, the the Crows and Lions grand final rematch, it, it let's just be honest, it did not live up to the hype. You know, the Crows, they kept the Lions away from the scoreboard, beat them by 24 points. Kate Lutkin's knee injury early on, you know, very similar to Izzy Huntington's. Did it, did it damage the psyche, if you will, a little bit? Did it make it difficult for the Lions to overcome what happened? You could certainly argue that. Um, how are they going to fill... Her role as a key defender on their side, I really haven't looked at the rest of their list to see who's going to step in there. But it, uh, you know, this is a, a a veteran club. This is a club that has won a premiership, and I said was going to win one again this year. So I'm sure they're going to get that hole filled, and they're going to go ahead and uh, and have some success here very soon. Um, but you know, if you look at the stats, they again they were almost even, like the Richmond and, and St. Kilda game. But the Lions, they just could not hit the scoreboard. You know, they did have three players that had 20-plus disposals. Uh, Alexander Anderson and Orla O'Dwyer both both led the squad there. Ashley Woodward was very efficient with her six disposals. She kicked four goals for the Crows. Six disposals, four goals. Not a bad day's work if you can get it. Now, like I said, Adelaide made a very serious statement in this game, and I think without a doubt they are a strong threat to push forward to the grand final. Now, we had the Magpies and the Blues facing off, and the Magpies knocked them off by 19 points. Ten of the Pies players hit the scoreboard. They actually scored points. Not just not, not a set number of disposals, but they actually hit the scoreboard, and they had almost 50% more disposals than the Blues did. The Pies did a really good job of, of getting and hanging on to the ball and keeping it out of the hands of players like Maddie Perspakis. She only had 16 disposals for the game. And uh, that led the Blues. Darcy Vessio only touched the ball 10 times during the course of the match. And Carlton, you know, they dominated the hitouts 4-1, to one, but they couldn't hang on to the ball by a 4-1 to one margin, I should say. 
but they couldn't move the ball. They had only 27 marks for the entire game. You know, the Blues are a quality side. You know, they're figuring out how to play without uh, Taylor Harris in the lineup, uh, but this was certainly not their best showing, and I think they'll bounce back. However, I, I think that without Grace Egan, who's going to be missing the next month or so, she's got a punctured lung and a couple of broken ribs uh, that she suffered during the contest, so she, they're going to have to work around that. But I think the Blues will be back. Now, the Giants and Suns in the last game of the weekend up in Mackay at the Great Barrier Reef uh, Stadium, I believe it's called, uh, the Suns went winless last year. You know, they played a whale of a game. They were not in awe or in fear of this more veteran side. Um, you know, Cora Staunton led the Giants with a couple of goals. Alicia Parker and, uh, I'm sorry, Alice Parker and Alicia uh, Ava both had 21 disposals. Charlie Robottom, you know, debuted. She had 11 disposals and six tackles. Jamie Stanton had 11 tackles. I mean, you know, so overall, like I said, the Suns, they were winless last year, and they certainly have room to improve. But I'd have to imagine that their their head coach, Cameron Joyce, has got to be pretty happy with what he saw last week. And I think that the effort that they put forth and the ability that they showed is going to bode well for them going forward. And I think they're going to be able to snatch a few victories from clubs that hopefully you're going to see them coming now. Because you know, if they watch the film on the game with, with GWS, they're going to realize this is a much better side than what was there last year. Now, like I said, overall, I think a couple of the clubs that came out on the losing end can take some positive things from their efforts. As I mentioned, as a cat supporter, we came out on the short end, but a lot of things went well. Okay. A lot of things went well. We got Nina Morrison back in. Um, you know, I saw several articles online this week that referred to the cats this week as plucky P L U C K Y. I think that's a great word to describe the way they played. I think it fits. Now, the Bulldogs, Lions, Magpies, as I said, they're going to have to figure out how to fill those large holes in their 16. That's three fantastic players who are not playing the rest of the year. But like I said, they're all clubs that I expect to, to make it to the finals, so they're going to figure out how to fill those holes and overcome those losses and get back to their winning ways. So before I, I wrap up this, this episode here, I do want to jump into my tips for round number two. Now, the Dockers and the Eagles, uh, I believe, have already headed to Victoria to kind of enter a, uh, a hub. Uh, this is almost like if you've ever watched the, uh, the series Stranger Things, this is almost like the upside down because, you know, normally the clubs are going into hubs outside of Victoria. Now we've got outside clubs coming into Victoria uh, for at least the next month. And we're going to see how it impacts these clubs over the long haul. Uh, but before I get into the tips, I, again, I, I can't tell you how I can't forget to remind you again just how impressed I was of that photo that I saw of Bree Davey. It's just, it gave me goosebumps when I saw it because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's great. They've got a picture up her, of her up on their page. They're, you know, they're not memorializing, but they're, uh, they're, they're recognizing their, their, their fallen comrade, if you will, who's going to be out for the rest of the season. And I'm reading the, the, the text next to it. Like, nope, she's out there the next day working with her teammates. So, very impressive. You know, like I said, I, I think that's going to help to inspire the club. Now, Richmond faces Melbourne this week. And, of course, you know, the Tigers, as we saw, they throttled the Saints in the second half. They look like a much improved club. That being said, I think at this moment in time, the Ds are, are still a cut above from them. So I've got the Ds winning this one by 11 points. And Collingwood and St. Kilda, you know, the Magpies, I think are going to be too much for the Saints. Of course, they're going to have to figure out how to to fill Bree Davies' spot there. The Saints are going to be without their senior coach, Nick Del Santo. 
I think the Magpies take this one by 16. Brisbane and Carlton. Now, here's a matchup of two clubs who are desperate for a win. And like I said, I tipped the Lions to, to win the grand final and beat the Crows last week and ultimately win the premiership. Now, they did not look like a club that was capable of doing that week that last week. I don't think they look like a club capable of playing finals last week. I think that's going to change this week, however. Okay? They're going to get themselves right back on track, and they're going to knock off a quality Carlton squad who's going to be buried under an 0-2 record with zero points on the ladder. I've got the Lions winning this one by 10 points. Now, as I mentioned back at the beginning of this episode, the Bulldogs and Cats, they may not happen. Okay, that game may not happen. Uh, we're going to have to keep our eyes and ears open to see what news comes out uh, with regarding the fact that they'll play or not. But here's the thing. If if the Bulldogs are as depleted as I think they are from what I've been reading, I think this is a, a I wouldn't typically, I wouldn't make this call if, the COVID situation wasn't what it happens to be right now with the Bulldogs. So I'm actually going to tip the cats to knock off the Bulldogs in a little bit of an upset here by seven points. Now I'm probably wrong on this. Like maybe the Bulldogs are going to come out and, and rally and, and thump them. But I just have this sneaky feeling this week that the cats are going to be able to pull this game out with the number of players and the number of staff who are going to be away from the park. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Cats again by seven points on that one. Now, West Coast and Gold Coast. The Eagles, they got outclassed by the Dockers. They they look like the club that's probably going to finish 14th on the ladder. They probably won't stay that way, but that's what they looked like last week. And the Suns, they played the Giants really, really tough. Now, I'm going to go with another minor upset here, and I'm going to tip the Suns to knock off West Coast by eight points in this game. I just think they looked good enough to get this done. Charlie Robottom comes out and is going to have another fantastic uh, effort in round two. Now that she's got, the, you know, the uh, the specter, if you will, of debuting in round one, you know, off of her shoulders, she can come out and relax and 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 uh, and come out and and have a fantastic game. Then we've got Adelaide and North Melbourne. You know, the Roos they beat the Cats and the Crows they stymie the Lions. Now I I think I think that the Lions, excuse me, I think that the Crows end up taking this one and moving to 2-0, and and I've got them beating North by nine points. Now, they're going to be getting Emma Kearney back this week, I believe. Uh, I didn't see if there were any other lingering injuries with North, but I just think Adelaide was was playing very well, and I think that's going to continue. Now, the final game of the weekend, as it is, as it is currently scheduled, because who knows, maybe they push the Cats and Bulldogs game back a couple of days to hopefully allow some of the uh, Bulldogs players to to come back into the side and be able to play. Now, again, as a cat supporter, sure, I'd like to beat them on a level playing field. I I don't want to, I don't I don't feel like I'm cheating the system if they don't play if all their players don't play, but I I'd be nice to beat them when they've got as many of their healthy players available as they possibly can. Uh, I think the Dockers look like a club that they're out to prove me wrong and and maybe other people who didn't tip them to be in finals, okay? I think that this game gets them also to 2 and 0. And I think that the uh, the Dockers are going to beat the Giants by 12 points. And I'm going to go also say uh, further that Kier Bowers will also, again, have double-digit tackles. And that may be the safest bet that you can make, that if she's playing, she's going to have double-digit tackles. Okay, so those are my – that's a look back at round one. Those are my uh, tips for round two. 
I've got a couple of interviews in the can that we're going to be doing here uh, that may be getting to you very soon. Got to do some editing on those. Uh, ladies and gents, if you are interested in coming on the podcast to talk about your AFL side and what you're expecting from them uh, going into 2022, I'd love to hear from you. Hopefully you can reach out over on my website at ayankonthefooty.com. Uh, there's a spot up there to register as a guest. It would help if you tell me which club you're a supporter of. I've got about four or five people who have reached out, and I'm putting together the list of, of which club that they're a supporter of to talk to them about their club going into this. But I'd like to talk to supporters of all 18 clubs, and I don't want to limit it to just one person per club. So if there's a, if there's a few of you for, you know, the Blues or the Lions or the, the Bulldogs or whatever who want to come on and talk, I would love to get you on. Trust me, that's why I'm here. I want to engage with fans of this club. And in turn, I'm hoping that you'll mention to people, hey, there's a halfway okay podcast, maybe it's a good one in your opinion, uh, coming from America about our game that we love and may, maybe you want to check it out. If you want to do that, that'd be fantastic. But again, over there on... Uh, Yankonthefooty.com. You can leave me a voicemail there, share your views. I'll use those voicemails in episodes as they come out. You can uh, ask me a question to answer on an upcoming episode. You can sign up for the mailing list there as well. So when a new episode comes out, I can get that out to you in the mail as quickly as uh, the episode is published. You'll get it before anybody else does. And if you like the show, you want to maybe help out the podcast, you can go over to my Buy Me a Coffee page, which is... Uh, the little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner of my website, or if you go to buymeacoffee.com and you search out a yank on the foot, you can find it there as well. And if you're interested in any podcast uh, gear, stickers, that sort of thing, you can head over to my Redbubble page, which is also on my website. And as I mentioned, I'm looking for uh, you know supporters that want to come on and uh, talk about their club. So you know, head over to my website and do that. And now that you've listened, I'd love it if you'd consider leaving me a five-star review. You can do that over at Apple Podcasts. That'd be terrific. You can do it on Spotify if you're listening there because you can now leave, uh, you can't leave reviews per se yet on Spotify, but you can leave like a five-star rating or a whatever star rating, hopefully a five-star if I've earned it. Uh, you can leave that on Spotify now as well. You can also do that over there on Podchaser. Remember, you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. So if you want to shoot me an email and you want to reach out that way, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can re find me at Yank underscore on on Twitter or to Yank on the footy on both Instagram and on Facebook. And you can find my podcast over on my website on YouTube. Just search my name, Craig Wessels, on YouTube. So, again, hopefully you'll sign up for the mailing list so I can get that episode out to you as soon as it comes out. Every time we have a new one that comes out. And, folks, I want to thank you for listening because we're fans of our clubs and the season, at least the women's comp, has started now. So 14 of the clubs are playing. The other four will be joining them next year. We've got some great footy to look forward to. The men are going to be starting up here really soon. Like I said, I, I, I hope that you'll consider sharing this episode or maybe a link to your favorite episode. You can find those links over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. And if you find an episode you really like, I would truly appreciate it if you would, you know, Post that link up on your social media or tell your friends about it. It's a it would be a huge help. And it, you know, it's gonna get you know the show in front of more ears than uh than would otherwise happen. And again, I appreciate you listening. 
And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And I'll catch you later. This has been episode 120 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find everything related to the podcast over on my website, ayankonthefooty.com. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'll talk to you very soon. Goodbye. <laughs>